0: Welcome, and thank you for listening to the Vegan Academy podcast. I'm your host, Kuhn, and each week, together with another vegan expert, we help you to transform your life and thrive on a vegan lifestyle. But before we head into today's episode, let me share with you the audio course Six Days to Personal Power we just released to the public. If you want to learn the fundamentals on how to change your lifestyle consistently and take charge over your own life, then check out the link in the description below and use the code podcast for 50% off. So now let's get started with today's episode and enjoy listening. Welcome, everyone, with another Vegan Academy podcast. I'm super excited for this episode today because I got my friends from Slovenia, where I am now as well. Ian, now I have to, Katarina, say your name correctly, Katanec. Yeah, they are also vegan coaches joining forces. Ian, you have a background as a former strength and conditioning coach. You are working as a sports and massage therapist and both you share the passion for nutrition and living a healthy lifestyle. So I'm very excited to welcome you here today and hear a little bit more about uh, your experience and what you actually do. So I would say the, the word is yours. Introduce yourself a little bit to the people listening today.
1: Uh, first of all, thank you for having us.
2: Thank you. Yeah. Um,
1: we are uh, Katharina and Ian, and we are um, actually founders of IK Coaching, which stands for um, helping others in fields of nutrition, physical preparation, and um, sport massage therapies. Um, our mission is not only to help others, but only, uh, but also to educate um, and eventually have a better life quality. So that's what we're all about. I am, um, my side of that is like nutrition, because mm-hmm. I'm a master of nutrition, and Ian's is <laughs> everything. Um, yeah.
2: Like you said, I'm a former strength and conditioning coach, but now I'm get, getting into more like sports massage therapy waters, and I'm actually studying manual therapy now. Wow! So yeah, I trying to connect those two for a better outcome. So, that, yeah. that's
0: so cool. So it's really the best of two worlds. and yeah. joining forces together to help people live a healthy lifestyle. I'm uh, I'm very excited to have you guys here. And, uh, yeah, I would love to uh, ask your guys some questions, pick your brain a little bit today. Um, and one topic that you shared with me, which is super interesting to me, I would l- really like to start with that is actually feeding health or feeding disease. Uh, that's something that you said, uh, Katharina. What, what is your thought on that? What, wh- why, did you, why did you mention that in specific?
1: Um, yeah, it's because of, I think, mainly because the. Food now, it's not the same as it was, let's say, 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. And it all starts with this like globalization, industrialization, like global development in general. Yeah. So um, food, consequently, we polluted the soil, we polluted the water, the groundwater. Um, and because of that, food is just not the same Let's say if we would do an analysis of a carrot that we picked, I don't know, 100 years ago, and um, the one that we picked today, I would say the analysis would be totally different. And Mm -hmm. because of that, I feel like we need to be more smart with our food choices because it affects our health even more than it did before. And because of that, it's like, what, what are you choosing Like what are you eating that will consequently have like a big effect either or on your health or probably on developing a disease later. Um, And uh, yeah, so because like we try to educate people to just really think about what are you eating, like what are you choosing to have on your plate that will affect not only how you feel now, but how will you feel in let's say 10 years. Yeah. And so think about prevent prevention in general. Like we are not we're not raised, like even in our country, we're we not raised to think about prevention. We're just raised, oh, till you're okay, you're okay. You don't need to yeah. think, you know. And when something goes wrong and you you're just not feeling well, then you start thinking. And we're trying to really um what's the word? We're trying to educate people to start thinking what you are choosing today will eventually affect how you feel in maybe two years or 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. In that way, we like to ask people, what are you feeding? Are you feeding health or are you feeding
0: disease? Disease. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that's so powerful. And uh, like, if I look around me and for example, and not to judge anyone because I think a lot of us are also just raised on certain information and often we don't know much better, right? If I look at myself, I have not been vegan all my life. I've not been eating healthy all my life. So a lot of us really don't know. And that's, I think, why it's so powerful to just educate and share that information with, with a lot of people. Um, be, be, before we're going to head a little bit deeper into, into those topics, I would actually like to ask also a little bit like, where where do you guys come from? What what did lead you to uh, becoming so passionate about nutrition? And uh, Ian, what what most of all, what got you so interested in at the strength and conditioning and also like living a vegan lifestyle?
2: Yeah, we're actually coming from normal, what I would say, normal families, normal Slovenian uh, <laughs> diet. Like when when I was young, like it wouldn't be a problem to eat a whole it's called Milka here, it's the chocolate, it's the best chocolate. Like
1: chocolate. <laughs> we had
2: no, yeah, we could eat sweets and everything, it was no problem. So yeah, we, at the beginning we ate everything for sure, from, from meat to fish, to a lot of dairy, yeah. milk, yogurt, all that, so yeah, I went into sports and when I met Katarina, um, like three and a half years ago, she, she told me like I could try to put out dairy. That was, that was the first thing I did. And I still ate fish and a little bit of chicken at, in the beginning.
1: At, at that time, I was studying nutrition.
2: So ah. I
1: already knew, like I was experimenting with myself and then I saw how much better I felt after just giving up dairy products um, and we so we
2: tried that yeah together actually. Yeah. And I, I was then I was still racing motocross. I was kind of yeah, kind of semi-professionally racing motocross. Cool. And I felt the the, the difference like right away. Like in, in a month it was I had so much power. The recovery was faster from the dairy, dairy alone. So mm-hmm. then Then I went slowly, I put out the chicken and the fish. Uh, I still, yeah, I wasn't a fan of of red meat anyway in the beginning. So, but when I put the dairy out, I ate a lot of fish. Like, I ate so much fish that my, how is it called? Uh, The metals in the blood. blood, I -hmm. went to check my blood and the metals were high from all the... How is it?
1: You know the mercury.
0: Yeah, um, the heavy metals. Yeah,
1: because of salmon, tuna. Salmon,
2: tuna, all that. Yeah, it was high in my blood. So then I put that out. So that's how that's how my path went to become a vegan. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so cool. and 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 as in your professional side, like how did you get into at a strength and condition work at a massaging? Uh, was like, it something that yeah.
2: happened gradually over time or yeah, what it's like? It, like my my first insight into strength and conditioning was when I was still racing. Mm-hmm. I had a really good coach, Miha Kolšek. It's uh, a guy here from Slovenia as well. So I got a, a good insight how good it would be to like, he told me everything, why we're doing some stuff and why we shouldn't do <laughs> some stuff so I got interested like that so when I when I finished my career I just went straight into that with starting with personal training and then mm. I did a certificate in US from NCSF National Council on oh, yeah. Strength and Conditioning for a strength and conditioning coach uh so I did that for 2 years now and I just i've seen that it's not enough like input for some athletes only the exercises you prescribe them sometimes you need to have that manual yeah yeah manual approach manual technique to loosen some stuff to activate some stuff and then support that neutral state which you get from the manual techniques with the exercises to keep it there, you know. Yeah. So yeah, that's my that's my story.
0: That's so cool. That's really interesting. <laughs> and and the manual su- uh, approach, you mean literally like the physical massage and yeah, uh, the
2: physical sports <laughs> massage. Yeah, the the loosening of the muscles, yeah. the tissues, the even even the exercises. My clients do they can be manually driven, some of them, mm. like to help them manually feel feel things that they have to feel when they're doing the exercise, especially the the ribcage expansions and stuff like that, which you can drive their ribcage with with your hands and stuff like that. Yeah. Wow. It can be it can be both. <laughs> so.
0: So yeah, Katarina had uh, had a very good influence on you. I uh, I heard Yeah. <laughs> For sure. For sure.
1: <laughs> but it actually all started um, this whole nutrition thing because I was studying it and I knew that you have to have your own experience to really affect more people. I came I started experiencing with because of my health. I really wanted to see like will I ever feel better if I really just Cut dairy, cut meat and I did and after three months of just cutting dairy I felt so much better. I had yeah. so much more energy and just I don't know, just I haven't I hadn't felt like that my whole life.
2: Which is normal, I think. Yeah. Like what what I didn't mention, it was the I think for both of us it was the mucus you're getting yeah, from, from dairy products. From dairy. Like even in the sports you can you can breathe so much easier straight away when when you get rid of that mucus in your throat and your...
1: Yeah, and after that, I just, I don't said to myself, what if I try cutting meat as well? Like, what will happen? Do I feel even better? Like, I couldn't believe I could feel even better. Um, um, And then I just, I really loved, like, I grew up on prosciutto, you know, the typical Slovenian meat, and then um, just a lot of processed meat we both grew up on. And I didn't even know if I could not eat that because I was so addicted to the taste, uh, yeah. which is so strong. Um, but then I eventually first cut um, red meat and then after I cut white meat, chicken, um, turkey and stuff. And then at the end we cut the fish. Yeah. So I we gave ourselves ch- ch- um, a lot of time for that. Like we didn't cut it from like yesterday to today but we had like around, I, th- I would say three months or so four months, um, that we said, okay, we're going to slowly cut white meat and fish. Yeah. And we, in that time, had any cravings, we would still eat it, and we would allow our taste buds to just um, kind of newly um, get used to other tastes, because mm-hmm. we would at the same time add, let's say, more of um, chickpeas and peas, and we would slowly cut the meat. So yeah. I think this um, gradual transformation of the diet. is so important when tra- transitioning to the, let's say, vegan lifestyle. Um, mm-hmm. because I see a lot of people don't give themselves this time and then there are strong cravings yeah. because you're missing the taste. And I would say that's also the, one of the main reasons why people can't be on the vegan diet for the whole life because they don't do the transition
2: and they get um, they get problems as well our mom as you know our microbiome needs yeah. needs some time to to start digesting the stuff you eat the all the beans all the yeah. Yeah. so
1: which was not yeah. used to before and of course it's a little bit like stressful for the body at the beginning i would say and it's totally okay totally normal normal but um, I feel like, yes, this is the m- most important thing that people don't know or don't um, get a- enough information yeah. is that, okay, I can go, I can try being vegan. I'm going to try and do this for 14 days and then I'll see how it goes or how I feel. And that's the the most like wrong thing you can do <laughs> um, because it's a lot of stress for your body. You yeah. can You can just switch your diet and add new new things
0: to it so yeah 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 i i recognize that like if i if i look at myself i also just transitioned over time i think i even took a little mm-hmm. bit longer maybe six to nine mm-hmm. months or something yeah. to really cut out everything and uh, also to be just in that mindset of thinking like okay now i'm actually okay what what am i still doing why am i still eating this you know fully 100 percent behind like my choices and really understanding okay now it is the right time and now it's so easy and I wouldn't even think of myself uh, eating animal products or whatever because it's, it's so unnatural. I don't consider it as food anymore. And uh, yeah. I, like that, that's a big shift towards uh, just mm-hmm. cutting out one thing after the other all by itself. And what I found very interesting, what you said, uh, Ian, is about like, the micro gut biome. I, I, I like for, for me that that's something that I understand, but I can imagine that a lot of people listening today might not fully understand that. Would you like to explain a little bit more about that as well?
2: As a lot of people know like what what digests our food and like our immune system all lies in our our gut. So if you, if you eat like meat, stuff like fish, processed dairy, food. processed food, your micro your your microbes in your in your gut are are the ones that that digest and like put down the 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 meat the the foods you eat so once once you start eating a lot more grains uh legumes stuff like that you don't have those little microbes in your in your gut to to deal with that bacteria yeah bacteria yeah. in your gut to deal with that so that's why there's bloating there's but which is which is all normal for and it's good the bloating is actually good because the stuff when, when you're bloated like it means that it's fermenting and with fermentation in your gut the the good like katarina would would uh, explain that better but when there's fermentation in the gut, that, that's a good thing, actually. Why, why are we eating like sauerkraut and kimchi and yeah. stuff like that, that? They say the fermented foods, yeah. So, yeah. So the microbiome needs time, for sure, to, to grow that bacteria to deal with new foods that you're eating. Yeah,
1: yeah I, I can also just add that in our microbiome, so in our gut, we have positive bacteria, neutral bacteria, and negative bacteria. Mm. And with foods that we're eating, we're either feeding good or neutral bacteria, or we're feeding bad bacteria. Mm. And the foods that are feeding negative bacteria are the highly processed foods, red meat, um, dairy products, in general, animal products. Um, So if you feed those bacteria more, so there's an overgrowth of bad bacteria, that means that your gut essentially gets out of balance and that means um, also that around 80% of um, our immune system is in our gut. So that means our immune system gets, um, it's not um, in a very good um, position or it's not in a very good condition um, that can fight other bacteria, viruses or any kind of intruders that come into our gut. So yeah, consequently, we're not able to fight those um, viruses, bacteria, and um, we have an overgrowth of bad bacteria, which is yeah. which is not good. And yeah. that that leads to developing a disease. Also, we can how can we um, have an overgrowth, or how can we support good bacteria and yeah. natural bacteria yeah. that we need? Um, is actually by eating a lot of fresh. Foods. So, a lot of fruits, a lot of vegetables, a lot of whole grains, as Ian said. Um, And fiber. Yes, because of that, all those foods um, have fiber. And fiber is prebiotic, which means it's food for probiotics. So, probiotics are good bacteria and neutral bacteria. So, by eating a lot of fiber, you're feeding good bacteria. And this is essentially what you want
0: for your health, for staying healthy that's super interesting i wanted to ask uh, so what 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 can you do and uh and i can imagine like of course i think the majority of the people listening to this podcast are vegan or are in the position of transitioning Mm -hmm. towards veganism Uh, but of course vegan doesn't equal healthy right yeah so so what are some of the things that you mentioned already eating more whole foods eating more grains Mm -hmm. um is that just the the recipe for having a good gut health, or are there also maybe some things that you should try to avoid when it comes to having good uh, gut health?
2: The the one thing the the easiest thing like everyone eats potatoes, right? The the resistant starch is actually one of the first things to to like get the good bacteria growing to feed the good bacteria because mm. so like I was listening to a podcast a few, few weeks ago with uh, the, the the guy who who wrote the book. Uh, we have it here actually. Is that then? It's the fiber fuel. Ah, okay. From Will Bol- Bolsovich. Oh, um, it's yeah. And actually he said the. Uh, like when I was younger, everyone kept telling, kept telling me, like, don't eat potato which cooled down and reheated. But mm. they they said like it's the best the best thing to cook a potato, cool it, cool it down, reheat it, cool it down, reheat it. Because when you're doing that, the resistant starch content goes up. So that's the best thing actually for our for our gut health. So. Wow yeah the the potatoes and the resistant starch and just the fiber like
1: the fiber and resistant starch is so good for our bacteria that um you can actually make it more if you reheat the potatoes more yeah (laughs) that that was all about so yeah these are like the small things that you learn um which you which in our case like were always, we were always said so no, 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 you shouldn't reheat the potatoes. That's, that's not good, but it's actually even better.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. That's so interesting. I didn't actually know that either. Like I knew a lot about the fiber of course, and how, what you can do to uh, promote the good bacteria in your gut, but actually yeah. about the starches and how, um, at the resistant starches you say, that's super interesting. Mm-hmm. And I can definitely imagine that not a lot of people know that. Um, yeah. I, you, you mentioned at the immune system and how a lot comes up from the gut, Uh, I think uh, a healthy immune system is definitely a very hot topic right now and definitely underestimated by a lot of people. Could you name, uh, and maybe from the nutritional point of view, but also maybe from the movement and maybe even mindset point of view, a couple of things that people can do to actually boost their immune system and make sure that it works in their favor?
2: Yeah, everyone thinks food first, but like just movement I think like just I tell to a lot of clients like who want to have daily programs they want to know what they should do every day in the week everything planned but so many times I just say just move just yeah just go out and move your body like like you were your body was meant to move in in various directions from one leg to another uh, <laughs> shift your weight you know so that would be my <laughs>
1: recommendation. my
2: recommendation yeah, yeah. it's yeah. it sounds stupid but it's it's the the whole truth when you're moving your body when you're when your heart rate goes up i've i've read some studies that you're not actually in a state of meditation but it's it's pretty 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 close to it so if you're doing doing sports yeah when you're when you're going like hiking or it shouldn't be too too intensive but yeah when you're moving your body that's why that's why so many times you hear the the great ideas and stuff came from like when when people are outside moving or running or something like that because you're you're actually tapping into that subconscious a little bit you know so you're on that you're on that edge from the consciousness to subconsciousness when you when you're doing the the movement plus elevated heart rate yeah. so
1: and i would say after that comes nutrition
0: <laughs> yeah yeah you think nutrition comes second because they they always say like like when it comes to certain physical results or to certain health that you hear often a lot that they say like and nutrition is 70 to 80 percent of the actual result but what i hear you guys now saying is actually that maybe movement comes even first
1: yeah i would say the only thing from nutrition is the hydration so the movement plus hydration is that if, if we count hydration as nutrition then that's Pretty much like on the same. Yeah, the
2: same I, I wouldn't say like first or second. I would say it's all inter interconnected. But yeah, sure. I think I think if you would say movement with bad nutrition, you would do better off than bad nutrition than a good nutrition without movement. I think.
1: Mm. It
2: depends on how bad nutrition. So, yeah, how. <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> It's always yeah. How how bad? We need to be more
1: specific.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure.
2: But it's all it's all interconnected. So I wouldn't place it first or second. So
0: yeah, I I heard a lot about like stagnant energy, for example, and I can imagine when your body is very stagnant and energy stagnates. So when everything comes still, that's like kind of the process of reversing life. So that's actually the process of dying so i can imagine uh, when you now say it like uh, how important it actually is to just keep on moving and it doesn't really matter how but as long as you move in different directions how your body is meant to Uh, Katarina, would you like to go into a little bit on the side of nutrition as well
1: and i would say as ian said the physical motion movement and the um, mental health it's all very connected to nutrition um, by our gut. So there's a lot of studies that show that our gut is actually our second brain, mm-hmm. um, which would say that there's already proof that our brain is communicating with our gut and our gut is also communicating with our brain. So there's like the whole, both ways, not only the one, cause we always thought that there's only connection between brain and gut and the mm-hmm. brain is telling gut what to do and how to react and this kind of things but it's also, it's also reversible. So also our gut can tell our brain, which means that what you eat and in what kind of condition our gut is can actually affect our mood and it can actually affect our like mental health because if our um, gut bacteria, if our microbiome is not in a good health and there's, some, let's say, bad bacteria overgrowth, that means that, we will have a constant craving for junk food, let's say, or yeah. we're gonna have a constant—I don't know—I don't want to say um, like depression or bad thoughts, but some in that way it can affect um, our our thinking. Um, so that's a very important thing that we found out, I think, and because of that, it's even more important to try to. Um, to try to eat the right healthy foods that will support uh, the growth of good bacteria. Because right. it's, as I said, it's all connected. So, um, so yeah, it's actually our bacterias are telling us what to eat because they're strong, they're strong enough. And um, that's the problem. So if someone, let's say, has a uh, bad bacteria overgrowth, um, they will want to eat that bad food just because our gut is telling the brain, and the brain wants that craving. So mm. it's so so important to start being aware of that. And let's say the most easy thing is to let's say start um, eating pro- um, probiotics. Yeah, that's um, so easy today because we have so many options with probiotics. But in a bad condition as this, that's a good choice to make and to start changing our food choices. Just to eat. Yeah.
2: Eat food like it came from the environment. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: So, as little process as possible. Yeah.
2: And and the thing I wanted to to add with movement is actually... i put a lot of my focus for the last half half a year to the breath okay. so it's actually how how can we control our energy and all the our in, in immune function as well our autonomic nervous system is through through breathing as well so how how it all relates with our well-being and how it's all all a circle like we should we should all actually be nasal breathing all the time it's how we were supposed to breathe but due to our it actually we could do like a whole podcast on that but it's 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 all in a circle so
1: yeah
2: it's it's like you you're anxious because of how you breathe and you breathe because you're anxious like so yeah. So many factors.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, what what is really in, interesting to me is like the holistic approach, right? It is not just one thing: do your nutrition right, or just move in a certain way. But it is really how all those things are connected. And when you have the whole whole puzzle, yeah. uh, like all the pieces fall into place, and you really start to see how it all influences each other, and that's that's super interesting. Yeah. Um yeah. What, what what I wanted what I wanted to ask a little bit as well is like uh are there like certain symptoms that you can recognize that you maybe have like overgrowth in bad bacteria and that if people are listening like, oh wait, maybe I'm a little bit on that like edge of having too much bad bacteria so I can notice what is happening with my body and I can actually change that. Are there are there rules for that or are there symptoms for that?
1: Um, Yes, there are, are. Um, it's actually very hard with this because since like once you have a bad bacteria overgrowth, that means that it's kind of, I'm not going to say too late, but there are like real symptoms showing. So you can either have like um, problems um, with your skin Mm -hmm. or problems with, like it is very individual to someone it will not show until you are actually getting sick. Um, To the other one, like, I don't know, they will start um, noticing that they're, I don't know, they're not feeling well, um, they have rashes on their skin, or they're maybe, they didn't go on the toilet for three days or four days, which is not okay, let's say, (laughs) um, because it's also very important. Um, But yeah, it's very individual. Like, it's hard to say. Um, So yeah it's it's yeah that's that's pretty much like it's very very yeah. hard to say like it, no it okay on.
0: It's, it's, it's it's a very individual process but it is definitely yeah. something that is like when it goes beyond the normality right like you say skin rashes and uh, maybe like brain fog or a lot of headaches things like that right can definitely be in maybe yeah. a, a sign that something is not completely right
1: yeah, and those people usually get um, sick pretty fast as well because that means your immune system is just not working very well. So yeah.
0: you're prone to get infections or different kind of things. So yeah. Oh, very interesting. Um, what I what I find very interesting as, as as well, like especially because you have been like uh, sporting yourself a lot and quite uh, the higher level, Ian, and you worked with athletes but also like uh, like normal people to say it like that uh, <laughs> like are, are there certain injuries or certain things that you see a lot of happening with a lot of people and are there maybe things that people can actually do to prevent that
2: yeah actually like there there's so many injuries i cannot say like it's it's certain stuff that keeps happening but i can see the what 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 keeps happening is that when when a person gets injured, uh, you everyone everyone is just going after the the symptoms. You know, it's like yeah. it's like in our medicine as well. So when somebody gets I don't know a hamstring tear, they're just like asking their doctor, okay, how how many weeks I have to rest so I can go back. And start doing what I was doing before before I got injured. So it's basically saying, "All right, how, how many weeks I have to rest so I can injure myself again?" <laughs> you know, nobody here, yeah, nobody's actually asking themselves like, "Why why was that hamstring doing overwork? Like, where's where's the imbalance? Why is that hamstring?" overworked why why there's no muscles around it to to help that hamstring to absorb force and yeah just just stuff like that it's 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 really really annoying which which I see which I see very often Mm, yeah just people people get going around uh going after the symptoms and not finding the underlying cause of the injury, of the movement capabilities of that individual. So, yeah, that's the, because like, like I said, we as, we as people, we are, we are meant to be able to stand on one leg, propulse from that leg, land on another leg, absorb force on that leg, so it's like a gait cycle if you if you walk if you run it's all the same like we should be able to get from left to right from right to left to shift our weight from one side to another but even with like professional athletes they some of them they don't know how to walk you know mm. but it's it's normal because they're they're in their pattern because every person compensates. Somebody compensates more. Somebody compensates less. But when there is day after day compensation on compensation, something will give. You know. So that's what, that, That's why I was saying like the the underlying cause. What what's not doing its work? Let let's find the the weakest link let's start with the lowest hanging fruit and do that and go like go step by step to get that movement right first not only go go after the the symptoms
0: Mm, really good yeah Yeah. really interesting advice i what i really love about what you guys do is that you're all about preventing and spreading awareness and how where you say very wisely is like uh, uh, Western medicine is all about treating the symptoms and that, and instead of just looking at what is actually causing it.
2: Like you said, awareness, it's, it's, a lot, it, it's just giving a person another perspective because if they're going to be aware that, that some muscles can, do, can be overworked and some muscles are too inhibited to do the work they should be doing to help the muscles around it, so it's just getting that person aware it's, it's a lot already. Yeah. So, so they start thinking in another direction. So very,
0: yeah, yeah, very true. It is so cool to hear the perspectives on like both sides of the, of the circle, so to say, because they're not really sides it's just a circle, everything yeah. intertwined and connected, and to hear about like the nutrition and what you can actually do to Uh, live healthy and to promote the good gut bacteria but also how this is so related to movement and to mindset i would like to ask you guys like actually one last question when it comes to living a healthy lifestyle right Uh, we spoke about movement we spoke about nutrition like what is based on your experience and the work with clients maybe one last tip that you can give that maybe a lot of people don't think about that can actually have a big impact on how people feel and how healthy we are.
2: What I would say is is just to be able to go from that stress stress mode into that more relaxed mode more often. Like that's that's what I what I learned from the breath the breath courses I did is when you when you see your dog, you have a dog maybe?
0: No, I don't have no? a dog. I had dogs, uh,
2: yeah. <laughs> All right so when you when you get a when you get a friend to your door and he rings a bell the dog will go from its sleeping position into barking and like sprinting out probably to to see that and then like 2 minutes after he will be on his place sleeping again yeah <laughs> so the the animals did, didn't forget how to do that? How to go from sympathetic mode to parasympathetic mode? So from stress to rest and recover. So that's the that's the perfect example how we should see our days and weeks and months to to be able to uh, to shift between those between those two because the uh, Adaptation only occurs when there is sufficient amount of stress plus even more more important recovery. So if you're able to do that in your daily life, and it can it can be food, it can be movement, and yeah, with food actually, what we forgot to mention it's how when to eat. So to eat like with your rhythms. When you sleep like to be at least twelve hours with no food is what we
1: strive to do.
2: is what we strive to do so if you if you eat dinner at seven, don't eat your breakfast before seven am so that would be that would be my
0: um that's that's really interesting like that that would be like in the concept of intermittent fasting or how does that translate
2: yeah like like we 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 see it in a way that you give you give the body uh time to time to rest because if you normal normal people like working class people they Sometimes they come home at 10 10 p.m. and they then they eat at 10 p.m. and they probably they wake up at 5 a.m. So that's and they eat straight away because they have to go to work, they're stressed, so that's like seven hours, and maybe they eat dinner at 10 and they go to sleep at 10:30, 10:45. So basically, half a night, their body is using the energy it should to to restore their brains and muscles. It's using that energy to to digest the food, you know. So that's that's our view of of getting the body the rest it needs.
1: Um, so I just add uh, I just added on top of everything. I would just advice recommend people to before they eat maybe just take a moment to to themselves and be present and ask what is it my body would need right now to feel better to to make a better choice just just that
0: i love that i love that I had, uh, I had a couple of people in the podcast before speaking about intuitive eating. And this question came up also on multiple other uh, yeah, like nutritionists saying that. So I also really see that there's so much truth. And like you said in the beginning, uh, the gut and the brain. So the gut is kind of telling yeah. you what it actually needs. Yeah. And it knows what it needs, right? We just need yeah. to learn to listen to it more. That was so cool. I really love to hear both of your perspectives and dive into a little bit deeper of this. I think almost, yeah, this time was just even almost too short to get really everything out of it. So who knows? There might be like a second episode coming up where we're just going to go deeper into the the nostril breathing and we just dive deeper into uh, immune system and nutrition and what we can all do with that. And we're close now anyway, so we could definitely make that happen um but most of all i would like to thank you guys so much for actually sharing your expertise and your yeah your journey and your story here as well today um yeah for sure it's gonna help a lot of people yeah yeah Uh, thank you there's always one last question and uh, for the people listening to this podcast they know that this question has to come before i actually have to end this um because i always like to predict a little bit what's coming. So I would like to, to hear you guys say, so what, what is the next year gonna look? Maybe in the terms of uh, your personal and business life, but also maybe like what's in store for us? Uh, what would you hope that the rest of 2020 and 2021 uh, is gonna bring to all of us?
1: I would say, um, I hope that people become more aware, just in general. More aware of what they're doing, what they're thinking. Um, so I think the I think people are waking up in a sense, and mm. t- consequently, um, again, good choices. Um, so uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much what I'm hoping for, yeah. and I'm hoping for we will be able to travel again soon. <laughs> So
2: yeah. That's what I was I wanted to say <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> So we'll be able to to travel again but uh in a sense of all the corona stuff and that it it actually helped a lot of people to open their eyes yeah and to be with themselves I think. So yeah it's kinda
0: Definitely. Thank you for sharing that uh, with us. I, I definitely agree that this time is just a time to reflect and to uh, yeah. create awareness. Yeah. What you yeah. said in the words, uh, awakening up, I think that's definitely happening yeah. on a large scale. And uh, yeah. it is uh, very inspiring to me to have so many people aboard to help spread this message and to help people that are awakening up to guide them along the way. And uh, yeah, you're doing fantastic work. So uh, thank you a lot for that. And thank you for sharing your story with us today. Awesome. Thank you. This was another Vegan Academy podcast, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, In the description, you can find uh, Ian and Katarina, uh, what they are doing. So if you're in Slovenia or actually anywhere else, you would like to hear a little bit more about them, then definitely check out the description below to contact them. And as always, we would love to hear your feedback, your thoughts on yeah, healthy immune system or what you can actually do to prevent diseases and make sure to be back next week for another vegan academy podcast thank you